0: a um, middle school teacher and technology and assessment consultant. His experiences in the classroom and throughout his district have given him a deep insight into the importance of teacher happiness. He credits working with thousands of educators as paramount to his research for his book, which is Strive for Happiness in Education. Robert's teaching journey has been one of the peaks and valleys. His work in schools and his role in creating the Terry Fox Lesson Plans for educators around the world led him to be on, being honored with the Prime Minister's Award for Teaching Excellence. Although Robert has enjoyed many peaks throughout his career, he credits his valleys for his greatest learning. The message he shares in the book, online and through his speaking, comes from his passion to reconnect to his love of teaching. He looks forward to inspiring many more educators in, to find happiness in education. Welcome to the podcast, Robert.
1: Uh, thanks for having me today.
0: Well, tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to call
1: out. Oh, yeah, I've been in a couple of trenches for sure. And I've actually been on the verge of leaving education twice. Um, The first time I would say it was like a combination of two things happening. We were starting a family and then my personal side, my wife was, I uh, got really sick, like hyperemesis, like what Princess Kate has, throwing up like 13 mm-hmm. times a day. So I think that was leading to like fatigue and tiredness. But then at the same time, my admin were looking to make some changes to my schedule because in elementary, we teach like pretty much everything. But I had really focused in on being able to teach what I was really, I felt like really good at and and loved to teach. And they were trying to move some stuff. And I was just super, um, because the world is like entitled to that. Like I really felt like I deserved that at the time. And that led to more and more issues to the point that my admin and I didn't see eye to eye on anything at that point. And um, they said they were going to immediately administratively transfer me. So I was going to be transferred to another school um, that day for the next day. And when he closed the door, like prior to teaching, I used to be a personal trainer for a multimillionaire around the world. So I had this crazy job and I left it because I wanted to have an impact in education and I had a mm-hmm. vision of what I was going to do with that. And I remember I'm closing the door and feeling sick and being be like, there's a moment where I thought to myself, fine, I'll just shut it down and go put me wherever you're going to put me. And I'll just count my days to retirement. And there's that moment. I was just like, in my head, I was just like, that's not why I got into this. I didn't get yeah. into that, to do it. So I said, I got to find a way. So I called them back in and they were fantastic and we had this great conversation. And, um, but what I learned in that Valley I was in, or was that like, I wasn't willing to change or even willing to have conversations about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I had to own some of that and I had Mm -hmm. to own some of my behaviors and, you know, they own some of their behaviors. And um, it actually led to me getting a leadership role in our school with regards to technology, mm-hmm. which ended up leading to me being the technology consultant for our board. So it was one of those things where I was definitely having a really tough time with it. Um, but the lesson I learned in there really helped me to get back. And it's actually what was, uh, I would say, the the first seed of writing my book on happiness. And I wasn't even really at that time. My, my fear was I was going to get in that spot again. I was going to mm-hmm. be that unhappy again that i was that i just didn't care anymore and but i was really I at the beginning i was thinking more about motivation like how do i stay motivated and not mm-hmm. burn out and and that led me to I pivoted while studying motivation to positive psychology and mm-hmm. learning more about like happiness and i was like well that's it's not so much i want to stay motivated. I, 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 What I want to do is love my job. And if I love my job, i will stay motivated and all these other great things will happen. So that was definitely one of the roughest peaks in my career, or valleys of my career.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as often um, is a case uh, that led you to better things and realizing your full potential now is, you know, working with technology, writing your book, uh, now speaking about this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just it, it was incredible. One of the one of the most interesting parts about it is like, so I actually look at it like, uh, mm-hmm. I do a timeline happiness activity in my book where I actually can visualize the peaks and valleys. Okay. And so if you can visualize like I got out of that valley, and I was I was up onto a peak, like I, mm-hmm. I began to study all this stuff and, and talk to people and I was really felt like I was onto something. And I remember presenting at a conference the first time ever I did like a keynote kind of presentation, and it was on happiness education. And at that point, if you were to say, like, what's the rest of your career look like? I'd have been like, I figured this out. Like, Mm -hmm. it just got to be more willing to change, more open to that, like more flexible and, you know, able to pivot better and, you know, all those things. And, And that was not the case. About six months later, I was back in a similar valley.
0: Mm-hmm. in this
1: one my admin a different admin and once once you start saying like i've had multiple problems with multiple admins, you you're the constant right so but in this one something had happened mm-hmm. um they'd made a decision that was i still to this day don't think it was fair
0: yeah
1: but that decision put me in a spiral mm-hmm. and like to the point of like um ed tech companies like found out i, w- I wasn't happy and they were trying to hire me and i was like mm-hmm. i had a way out of it so i was actually one signature away from leaving education Mm -hmm. completely because these companies were interested Mm -hmm. and i was really upset but um one of the most interesting things happened my wife had been watching this and watching me get like more and more frustrated more and more negative more and more toxic and um she came home with this book by sean Aker called um, before happiness. Mm -hmm. And like, you should read this. And I'd read this other book. He wrote happiness advantage. I loved it. So I was like, and I'm telling you, I read the first chapter It was late. It was later at night. And, uh, he actually changed the way I saw the world, oddly enough, but I didn't know it that night. And so what he, what he wrote about right off the top of this book is that how happy and successful people can see multiple realities of the same situation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I didn't understand that. I was like, no, my reality is I'm super angry, frustrated, and I want out. And so I remember going to bed that night and uh, just trying to let it jump through my, my brain seems to work a lot in sleep. Mm -hmm. And I woke up in the morning, I opened my curtains like I do every morning, looked out the back and my eyes welled with tears with gratitude. And all of a sudden that morning, I chose to look at a different reality, one that I could see like the connections I'd made with people, the impact that I was having on students and the board. I could see like the relationships and all these things that I like for three months prior, I could just, all I was saying to myself is why did I leave the classroom? I should yeah. just stay in the classroom. And for me now, I use this strategy all the time of like, mm-hmm. when I am struggling, I say, what are like it reality it feels a certain way but if you actually step back and you say what is the actual realities and and i kind of play it out and when i play it out i choose the one that's going to have the most successful outcome and it, it now it gets me out of things where because i'm a pretty i'm a pretty intense guy like emotionally like and i think it comes with highs and lows right so but now i seem to have a better way to um, manage that with this idea of finding the positive reality and things and uh yeah it's mm-hmm. helped me out a lot in the last couple of years
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's definitely a good tool to have when uh you know the world was put on hold and you were doing remote teaching and those types of things so yeah it's a and I think it comes with wisdom and time and having experienced different things in education and in life to to come to that conclusion right
1: 100% we um in my role because there was a supply teacher shortage you guys mm-hmm. I think you guys call them substitute teachers yes. yeah. there was a substitute shortage that you went from being consultant and having all these crazy roles and things to like now you're going back to your where you started and yeah substitute teaching and you know the first couple of times it was difficult like because you just like you were frustrated on why it was happening but then I, I'm telling you I went and I, I sat down and I was I, I do a lot of thinking in the shower and I took a shower one night and I was like it's got to be a positive reality of this and I and and because I wasn't doing I was I, I would say I was pretty good in the classroom before until mm-hmm. this and I was like why am I not good at this and then I realized it because I wasn't trying to be good at it I mm-hmm. was trying to go in and put my time in and just get through each day with like you know what I mean frustrated and I wasn't I wasn't excited to be with these students and yeah. just, just that moment of just switching to that different reality. And I remember coming out of that shower, just being like, I'm going to try and kill this. I'm going to try every day to go in and be the best substitute teacher these kids yeah. have seen. And all of a sudden I started loving it. I'd get a call and I would go in there and, and, and it's just, it was just that change in attitude all the kids that they were loving it. Like it, it was, mm-hmm. it was a blast every day. was like, I was like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. But like two weeks prior, I was like, this is the worst. <laughs> and so now we're not doing it again, but I actually miss that. So mm-hmm. and it's actually something that made me really think to myself, like I think it's getting to the time I go back to the classroom. Cause mm-hmm. I being with those kids and and just, I think, I think I've been out of the classroom for a bit and I think I need to go back and just immerse myself in that for a while.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mentioned in the bio that um, you have um, won an award, uh, the Prime Minister of Canada Award for Teaching Excellence, and we talked a little bit in the pre-chat, it had to do with the Terry Fox Foundation, and for those uh, who don't live in Canada, if you can enlighten me a little bit about Terry Fox's story and how the lesson plans and the award came about.
1: Oh, crazy day to do it, because this is actually the Terry Fox Run Day. So my family and I, we were, we did a 5k this morning. Mm -hmm. um, And it happens all over Canada, even the world, they do Mm -hmm. this run. But for those who don't know, Terry Fox is, he's like really like our prized possession in Canada. Mm -hmm. He, uh, as a young man in his late teens, he um, got cancer and and ended up losing one of his legs and from the knee down and had like an artificial limb. But what Mm -hmm. he saw in the hospital with all these, young kids struggling and and, and fighting through cancer he says i need to stop this and Mm -hmm. so he decided that he was going to run across canada on one leg and uh he had a really good crack at it he started out in the east coast because he wanted to run into the wind Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: (laughs) at the beginning when he was in like right on the east coast no one knew who he was but by the time he hit ontario where i live it blew up and um you never made it, but it, if you think of like my wife right now, for instance, is training for a marathon. She mm-hmm. just last mm-hmm. weekend she ran thirty-three kilometers. In, in a couple of weeks, she runs a marathon, which is like well, you have in miles, right? So twenty-six miles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ran a marathon a day for one hundred and forty-three days in a row, mm-hmm. uh, getting himself quite a bit a distance across Canada. And then the cancer came back, and he ended up passing away. Um, But I remember my love of Terry Fox started when I was a teenager, and Mm -hmm. I had a paper route, and it was raining really hard, so I couldn't Mm -hmm. get out to do it. So as a typical teenager did back then, I just jumped on the couch and threw on the TV. (laughs) And I saw him in the hospital as a movie with these kids. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was just so touched by it. And not just like the fact he wanted to make a difference, but also the fact that he just never quit on anything. He just Mm -hmm. One step to the next. He just—it was amazing just to know that. And so when I start, and eventually I started getting a weight training, I was—I always thought of him. I thought like, I can give up now, or I can just keep moving through. Same with writing the book. It's like mm-hmm. it's like if you just do something long enough and yeah. are passionate enough about it, you eventually reach your goals. So for me, he's been a massively inspirational figure. So I used to run, um, we do like school runs. So okay. like to support the cause, like Terry Fox school runs. So when I was mm-hmm. in schools, I was doing all these, one time we, we did this one where it was like, you we, we ran the distance around the world for Terry. So we tracked, we had tracks in all these schools and I organized this thing and it was kind of cool. But I got this, I was doing all the stuff for the foundation. So they asked me to do some feedback and I said, you should make some lessons. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll think of that. So when they threw out this idea of making lessons, they asked me to apply for it and I applied. And then when we got this amazing team together, I ended up kind of taking that over a bit mm-hmm. and uh, we made these lessons. And I think there's something like not over 4 million between four and 5 million downloads of these lessons, mm-hmm. just to teach Terry's story and keep it alive. Do you think like this happened 40 years ago he did this mm, mm-hmm. and they've now they've his goal is to raise one dollar per Canadian so at the time 25 mm-hmm. million dollars he's raised 800 million to this point The Terry yeah. Fox Foundation and they're just really noble like the majority of the money like some of those places a lot of their money goes back into advertising their money is so like cancer focused and mm-hmm. driven mm-hmm. I think I think they say they put 86 percent directly to cancer research so yeah just uh amazingly inspirational video you got to watch one little 30 minute video of him and you will just be inspired for days.
0: <laughs> and so um, you got the prime minister's award and when was that? And um, what type of, um, like you said, you donated the money back to the Terry Fox foundation, but um, was it for these lesson plans or kind of what what was kind of behind the winning of them yeah just a
1: bit everything uh when i when i worked on the lessons i didn't know about it but they gave me an honorarium of like a certain amount and like i'd never been able to make a lump sum donation Mm -hmm. to the foundation but i was like this perfect time because i didn't do them i did them out of passion and when you do something out of passion it doesn't feel like work like they were a lot of time i put into these but Mm -hmm. like by just giving that money back and knowing like I just did it just to make a difference and to do something great. It felt amazing. But then I actually, um, <laughs> a parent in our, where, where we're from this prime minister award parents, or people can nominate you for an award. Okay. And just, it was a combination of like the stuff I was doing in the schools, um, just in education for teaching mm-hmm. plus the Terry Fox lessons. Plus, I don't know. I think, I think the Terry Fox lessons kind of, Help me get selected because so many teachers deserve that award mm-hmm. like I can probably think of a thousand teachers that deserve to be recognized by mm-hmm. the prime minister so it was I just I'm not even and I don't know I think sometimes I look back and I think like the award itself is I'm really sh- sure it should exist because I think we should all feel like we're doing amazing jobs right so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, was a, it was a huge honor and you know, it's, it's something I'm really proud of. I've got like certificates. I got to meet the prime minister. Like it's kind of like Mm -hmm. you meet the president. Right. So it was kind of cool. And then after that, I was like, I had one of the best moments of it is my friends and family organized like a celebration dinner.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: as I, I remember looking around the table and I saw all of the skills that I'd used to do the lessons in the classroom, things that I'd done. And I was like, I could just see it all around the table of all the people that impacted me. And so from that point on, I decided to highlight some of the other um, great stuff that was going on in education Mm -hmm. with these teachers. So I actually got one of my friends, Lee, the prime minister's award of education, Uh, nominated him just because he was doing some incredible things too. So now I, I really try and highlight some great things that educators are doing. And, you know, just, I think it's inspiring when, when you get to see some really cool stuff that's happening.
0: Yeah. And you definitely paid it forward with uh, getting him nominated as well and him winning.
1: Yeah. And he won the big one. Like he won the top one in Canada. And then I got to go up to, I got to go up there again and meet the new prime minister. (laughs) It was kind of, of, uh, it was kind of surreal to like, to, to be on both ends of that. So I thought it was really fun. Yeah, it's good.
0: Well, your book strive for happiness and education was published in 2019. And you talked a little bit about the positive psychology it's based off of, but, um, walk me through the acronym strive, um, and, um, kind of how, um, you know, this will apply to both educators and people who might be in the business uh, field.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. For sure. Yeah, when I wrote the book, I... And like, I, like I consider myself a t- an educator, not an author. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what mm-hmm. I was doing. Yeah. So I was I actually I have this huge whiteboard. and I have all, I just have massive amount of ideas. And on this whiteboard, and it was very interesting. One day I was like just sitting here and it was getting to that point where like I, I needed to start organizing everything. Mm-hmm. And it was like beautiful minds or something. It's like I could see letters floating around. And yeah. and I thought, and so, somewhere in my head thought, well, I, I wonder if I could get like a, an acronym that would help me organize it. And immediately I I thought if I do an acronym, it has to start with S because I think students should always come first. Mm -hmm. So the S stands for students in education. So and then I randomly I saw like team on there and then I have routines up in the top corner and then the word strive came into my head. So I Google it and it's like to make great efforts to try to attain or achieve something. I was like, that goes Mm -hmm. along the lines of what I'm doing for And then, so STRIVE actually stands for students, team, routines, innovation, viability, and extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And each chapter just kind of, like, leads, like, through, like, research, through talking to all these teachers, through personal experience, like, how we can look at those different areas and how we can use that to impact. Uh, one thing when I, I actually love technology. So I designed my own book cover and I like, mm-hmm. I laid it all out. And when I was designing the book cover, I had like a space. Should I should have the book right there. I have a space right at the top. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, what am I going to fill that space with? And I, I just wanted a sentence to like sum it up. Mm-hmm. And it says something to, to the phrase of there's nothing. Okay. Uh, right now. Right here. says, Um, there's nothing more powerful than an educator who loves coming to school every day Mm. so I truly believe that when I was talking and interviewing educators and and thinking of the educators I had the ones that had the greatest impact are the ones that truly want to be there Mm -hmm. I just believe that every student deserves to have a teacher at the front of the room that loves Mm -hmm. what they're doing but I also believe that every teacher deserves to be happy. We put yeah. an incredible amount of our heart on the line or time on the line yeah. or thoughts. We're always like, it's, it's a caring profession. It's like you are in it and it just, it is, you just live it. And it's, it's sad when you see teachers who don't, who have lost the enjoyment, but are still, so I, the goal of the book was to help, like how, to, how can a teacher find more happiness like by connecting to their why by establishing small things they're doing each day Mm -hmm. in their routines to get them closer how do you navigate like the the valleys so there's actually the chapter on um viability Mm -hmm. is basically how do you navigate those peaks and valleys like Mm -hmm. how do you how do you do that and how do you come out the other end smiling so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I learned uh, the the book was more therapy, if I'm being honest with you, than anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was more like just me saying to myself, I need to like, I need, I, I left a really crazy job for this. And I, and I had this euphoric feeling for many, many years in this job, it exists. I just got to figure out how to get back to that. Mm -hmm. And so the, yeah, it was like therapy writing it. And I still go back to my book. Sounds a little weird. Like when I'm scrambling or struggling with stuff, because I still struggle all the time with things. Sometimes I think back and I like just open a chapter up and I just leaf through it. And I say, well, you don't preach it. You got to live it. Right. You got to go back to that. Cause a lot of the things I'm sharing are, in the book are things that have worked for other people. And I like maybe at a time they didn't work for me, but now I'm ready for it. Like, so it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of neat to have everything kind of pulled together into one little piece, one little book. So it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you said you're also helping Suzanne Daly write a book. Uh, she's, uh, runs a teach happier podcast. So that kind of goes in the same vein. Um, yeah, for, you know, somebody who's promoting happiness in education.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 She doesn't need any help writing it, but it's just nice to like mm-hmm. field questions. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she, like, uh, yeah, she's, uh, incredible. That's like my favorite podcast. I like actually try and savor that. Like I don't mm-hmm. watch it all at one time. <laughs> like <Yeah>. just, oh, <laughs> It's just so good. And so, yeah, we actually, and it was, it was, it came about that like, she wrote, uh, Article for Teach Better and uh on happiness. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to her because part of my book is like this random acts of recognition Mm -hmm. that I try to act on authentic thoughts. So if I think if I read something, I think, oh wow, that's incredible. I don't I try to act on it. So when I when Mm -hmm. I when I read this article and and like I think I think some people would be like read an article on that and think, well she's we're in competing territory because mm-hmm. we're writing on the same thing and so i i don't see it like that i thought like this is incredible so I, I pick up my phone i find her on twitter i write her a thing and she's like oh this is a crazy like your book and you wrote the book i want to write and blah 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 and i was like no 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 you're gonna write that book because it's gonna be incredible and you know it's it's on the same topic it's positive psychology but she's mm-hmm. just got such a amazing approach to it. And one thing that's super nice is she's like, she messages me all the time. It was about five hours ago. I got a thing, Rob, Mm -hmm. I want to use this part in this upcoming podcast. Are you good with that? She wanted to know how many days I've practiced gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and she wanted to put that in her newest podcast. So yeah, it's just kind of like having an ally that we're, uh, working together and actually got to present for her board um, Mm a couple weeks, uh, maybe about a month ago and I got to meet her for the first time. And it was incredible when you meet someone online and you -hmm. you feel like you're really good friends, then you actually haven't met them before in person. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. She hosted us for dinner and we had an incredible night.
0: Mm -hmm. So you uh, tell me, you tend to not do too many speaking engagements per year, but what is a a typical audience? Would that be like a, you know, a school board, like a district opening or any type of like teacher in service? What type of, you know, professional development do you provide? Yeah, I'm pretty
1: much for open for anything. Part of it is like with working full time and coming out of pandemic, -pandemic, pre-pandemic, I was doing a lot more like Mm -hmm. I was keynoting conferences and especially a lot in Ontario, like Mm -hmm. because like you do one and then it leads to more and more and more. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: my book came out right at the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) Not the best time to release a book, but then I started to get like virtual stuff I was actually even outside of education. I was doing like pharmaceutical companies and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I found that virtual world. Like it was, it was people were loving it and it was great at the beginning. But yeah. I think it just peters out after sure. a while. Like, there are so many Teams calls. You're just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, no. So I'm looking to fire it back up. But like I was down in Pennsylvania a while and then I'll be at the Teach Better conference coming up soon. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm open to doing anything, but I, I like, I run like workshops on it or I do like, mm-hmm. I love keynoting. It's amazing. Cause it's just like, you got everyone's captive attention there. Cause it's kind mm-hmm. of fun. So I get mm-hmm. like, that's where I get like the greatest, like, high. I had, um, uh, when I was down in Pennsylvania, it was actually the first time I got to speak, um, to a larger group with, with my book, like, it, yeah. like I was doing all this without a book. And so and then, um, part of there was that they bought the book for each educator and like I'm standing there and they're walking in with my book in their hand and they're covered in sticky notes and like <laughs> and I was like well like my yeah. like, completely welling up like I like I wasn't even ready for that part of it and then they did this like little mini session on my book and they were all saying what the takeaways were. And then at the end, they I, I did my talk and then they, mm-hmm. they asked if anyone wanted the book signed and they were all in this line and I was signing books and the people they'd given people yeah. rocks and they're like, Will you sign my rock? And I'm like, this wow. is i'm just some you from ontario like it was it was it was it was unbelievable like it was it was i never i think i just kind of with with the way the book rolled out in the pen the pandemic and the speaking and i just at one point i think i just said well i guess that's just not part of this anymore and so i was kind of moved on i was just like and then getting to go back and do it i was like oh i I really enjoyed that and things are opening up now so i'm getting inquiries but yeah, just I'd love to break into that more, but just with the job, I just in the family, I just really I don't want to not be an educator. I didn't do all mm-hmm. this work to just jump on a plane every mm-hmm. day, right? So yeah. you're doing like doing them here and there, yeah, and just sprinkling them around.
0: Mm-hmm. I, had a,
1: I had a good friend of mine; she was doing a TED talk, and I went there, and she had my book and asked me to sign it. And she's like, "So when are you doing a book tour?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, you're obviously just gonna like just start speaking on this all the time," and I was mm-hmm. like. And then I, I, I like right off my head, I didn't know where it came from. I made up this analogy. I was like, I was like, my book right now is like, like sprinkles on a Sunday. Like, like yeah. a big talk is like a piece of Snickers. I said, so I said, but like, if, if all I did was that I, I like, I said, the, if like, a, it would just be like a bowl full of sprinkles. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I said like my, what truly makes me happy is my family, my, my job, my education yeah like the ice cream and then you put some fun stuff on top of that so
0: sure.
1: really being an author is like i know i know you're publishing a book it's the uh, most incredible just feeling of like every step is kind of cool and just seeing people with your books and people will reach out to me after or tell me stories and yeah that, that relate to the book it's been a, it's been a just it's awesome it's been two years of just so much fun yeah. and awesomeness just due to like you know, doing something that you were passionate about, and not even knowing if you were ever going to put it out to the world. Like I didn't really, mm-hmm. I didn't set out to be like I'm going to write a book. Like, yeah. it was like it's like I didn't have a choice to write this book. My wife always says she's like once you got it in your head, you just had to get it out. Like yeah, so I think she's happy I got it out because yeah, that's all I've talked about for four years. <laughs> she's just like please stop.
0: <laughs> well, I'm I'm so glad to hear that like you know districts are now using it for their in-service and you know buying it in bulk and you know that you're able to come and 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 see people and you know it's been being studied in book clubs and you know you're in that boat with people who had books come out around the pandemic but now that you know people are still discovering it and this is you know getting it out on podcasts is a good way for more people to hear about it so yeah I'm glad that you know that's still um you know, people are viewing that um, to be helpful. Well, out of everything we talked about today, um, your work with the Terry Fox uh, Foundation, uh, your trenches story and finding motivation and your writing, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember?
1: I just think they deserve it. I said it earlier. I think they deserve to be happy. And I think like Susan Daly said it really good. Mm -hmm. One time she said, it's a discipline, right? Sometimes I think it's like, we just leave our happiness up to like the world. Right. And I think, I think we can do things like, I think like, there are controllable things we can do, like trying to work on how we're viewing the world, our perspectives. Yeah, um, I found like the hugest game changer for me was practicing gratitude daily. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Suzanne Daly called me for today, and she's like, I'd use this Happy Feed app, mm-hmm. and I've been using it for like one thousand, was it three hundred and thirty-three days in a row,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, over th- well over three years now. And for me, like that small like investment of like two, three minutes a day has had a huge impact getting me through the pandemic in a positive way. And -hmm. there's a lot of small things like that we can do that, you know, when I wrote the book, I wanted it to be like feasible things you can do within the profession or building it in and doing that with your class and things like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, you deserve it, put some, like, make it a priority, like make happiness your priority, let it drive what you're doing Mm -hmm. and just be willing to change and, and, and don't settle for anything less because as an educator, we all deserve to be happy and our kids mm-hmm. deserve to have a happy teacher in front of them.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so important to remember, um, you know, those, those, there are going to be those valleys and, and those peaks, but yeah, just finding happiness and, and practicing gratitude is definitely something that um, I think people need to just make a point to do more of. Well, where can people connect with you and find you online?
1: Uh, I'm on social media. I'm not crazy active <laughs> because I'm mm-hmm. still focusing on my happiness. But uh, you'll find me. I'll post some stuff on uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook. But my handle's at Rob Dunlop EDU. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. And then, same with uh, you can get a hold of me via my website,
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: motivatedyou.com. Okay. And in, in that website, I have like a I created a, like a free staff wellness plan. I have like this one inspiring section where I collect all the most inspiring videos because I really believe that positive media is important mm-hmm. all within education. So if you're running a staff meeting or something, you're looking for that video that's going to well some teachers up and or make them feel good. I got all those lists in there. So mm-hmm. I've been building that just for fun. Um, so yeah, you, you can get you can subscribe to that and get a hold of me uh, via that. But I always appreciate when people reach out and ask me questions and tell me their stories. I think it's one of the greatest parts of being an author. So yeah, they can find me for sure.
0: Great, great. Right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. Have a great rest of your day.
1: Yeah, thank you. Good luck with all your stuff you're working on. Can't wait to see your book.
0: My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. Get it now at amzn.to slash 3B72Z. Again, amzn.to slash 3 b 7 x 2 z Check out the show notes on danagootier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at OutOfTrenchesPC.